Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, January 27, 2014. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are in Chapter 1, Bill's Story, on page 14. For context, we will reread the second paragraph beginning with These were revolutionary and drastic proposals. And then pick up where we left off on Friday by reading and focusing our sharing on the following paragraphs that begin with, for a moment, and finally he shook his head. Today's readers are as follows. Reading the OA 12 Steps is Ken. Reading the OA 12 Traditions is Berta. And reading the text are Nancy T., Lisa P., Judy B., and Melanie. The share ID for Sunday, January 26, is 5824. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop compulsive eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Ken to read the OA 12 Steps. Good, good morning, this is Ken. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our law. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will 
for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to others and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. I will now ask Berta to read the OA 12 Traditions. Good morning. This is Berta, compulsive overeater in Illinois. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OAS such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I'll pass. Thank you, Berta. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book in Chapter 1, Bill's Story, on page 14, 
the second paragraph beginning with, these were revolutionary and drastic proposals. I will ask Nancy T. to read three paragraphs and that we focus our comments primarily on the second and third paragraphs that begin with, for a moment, and finally he shook his head. Nancy, please go right ahead. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. This is Nancy Compulsive Overeater Lewiston, Idaho. These were revolutionary and drastic proposals, but the moment I fully accepted them, the effect was electric. There was a sense of victory, followed by such a peace and serenity as I had never known. There was utter confidence. I felt lifted up as though the great clean wind of a mountaintop blew through and through. God comes to most men gradually, but his impact on me was sudden and profound. For a moment I was alarmed and called my friend, the doctor, to ask if I were still sane. He listened in wonder as I talked. Finally, he shook his head. Something has happened to you. I don't understand, but you had better hang on to it. Anything is better than the way you were. The good doctor now sees many men who have such experiences. He knows that they are real. I uh, I love reading about Bill's spiritual experience, and um, I've had um, both types. I had a profound spiritual experience early in my food recovery, um, and I was just as alarmed as Bill was when it happened. I, I remember I, I called, I didn't call my doctor, but I called many friends um, and was explaining what had happened. It was just so, um, I knew that something had happened. And for me, um, what I would talk about with them was that, you know, I, it was like I didn't have any interest in food anymore. All of a sudden it was just not there. Um, and I really felt like a miracle had happened. Well, it had because I had a spiritual experience. But um, it's interesting because the doctor cautions Bill and says that I don't know what's happened to you. He didn't understand, but you better hang on to it. And um, I know today that the way that I hang on to it is by staying in 10, 11, and 12 on a daily basis. And at the moment I had my first spiritual experience that was profound, such as Bill's here, I did not heed that type of caution. And then I had struggles later on. Um, that that high, I'll call it, that I was on, that I felt like I was invincible, and and this change that happened to me lasted for about two weeks, and and I and I picked up again, but that's because I didn't continue to work on my spiritual experience, or you know, main, the maintenance of my spiritual experience. And I've had since then many um, spiritual experiences, not so profound, but the gradual kind that it talks about in here. Um, and I like the you know that he added them after part here that now the good doctor sees many men who have had such experiences and I've heard people share. I hear all different kinds of spiritual experiences from the people in these rooms that share after working the steps what has happened to them and I'm grateful to um, know today what I need to do to maintain my spiritual fitness and that for me is by living in 10, 11, and 12 you know and, and I don't just stay in 10, 11, and 12. I work through the steps um, periodically at, at different times in my life. I'm currently going through the steps again um, through a workshop. So it's it's never, um, I have to stay in the book, in the steps, and especially 10, 11, and 12, and and not isolate and, and just make sure that I'm living all the principles in order to maintain that spiritual experience. So for me, I will pass. Thank you very much for allowing me to be of service. Thank you, Nancy. Who would like to share on the last two of the three paragraphs that Nancy read. Lauren S. from Pittsburgh. 
Go ahead, Lauren. Thank you. Uh, Lauren S. from Pittsburgh, recovered compulsive of reader. The word sane jumped out to me in this paragraph. The word sane means of sound mind. And then the fourth definition is healthy. And I do call myself recovered because I now have a sane mind when it comes to my mind and when it comes to my body. I'm not ingesting my allergy and I do not have the obsession to want to pick it up after abstinence. But my spiritual, my third part, my third part of my disease, which is the spiritual part, is not cured of sanity. It's only a, it's only a 24-hour reprieve. So when the doctor says, you had better hang on to it. Anything is better than the way you were. I think the doctor's addressing that Bill better hang on to his spiritual recovery. He better continue. Because why I say that, why I say that is because on page 85, it says we. it's easy to let up on our spiritual program. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. So I was taught that in the beginning, we looked at our problem as being three, um, physical, mental, and spiritual, threefold, physical, mental, and spiritual. The promise is that I will recover from my compulsive overeating is physical and mental. Here it tells me that spiritually, my compulsive overeating is only suppressed, contingent on the maintenance of my spiritual condition today. So... um, I'm really great. I'm grateful that because of my spiritual condition, I am straightened out mentally and physically. But but if I stop this growth, this spiritual growth, where I work my steps, I'm always I'm always in a step. I'm always working a step. I'm currently I'm currently starting my third big book workshop, so I'm going back to step one. Um always in a step. My mental and my mental and physical are going to be straightened out as a result. But it's my spiritual. It's my spiritual condition that I have to constantly be be working towards, be working towards growth. Uh, I hope maybe some of you can relate to that. Uh, thank you all, Pastor. Thank you, Lauren S. Would someone else like to share on what we read just now? This is Bella. Can I share? Yes, Bella. Go ahead. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Rebecca, for leading this meeting, and thank you very much, everybody that is on the line. Wow, I love this paragraph because it brings me the peaceful and the relaxful mind. Yes, before the program, I was like a driver that drives without knowing how to drive. You know, I did did mistakes and I did accidents 
all over, all the time. And I was embarrassed, I was ashamed, I was guilty. So I prefer to be lonely and alone and isolated. You know, it's like I didn't want again to face the, 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 the reality that I am doing mistakes again and again, and I don't know how to drive my life. And now, thank God, thank God, it's a miracle that I am in the program. I understand that, yes, part of my disease is my spiritual level, my connection to God. And now I know I don't have to prove anymore my, my power, my control, my knowledge. I know that I am here as a messenger of God. And I have only one power to choose the to choose the better choice one day at a time. And now I know the part of my solution is to be in a we program, not to be alone and lonely. No, now I want to be with other people because I know that I can give and get. Yes, I can give and I can get. I don't know everything. I don't know everything all the time. And yes, whatever I got in the program, I got it for free because the only thing what we have to do is to open ourselves to God. And my connection to God, this is my new life now. And I know that my solution is my connection to God. And thank you very much for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Who's next? This is Paula. May I share? I heard Paula and one other person. Lois. Leah. And Leah. Can you tell me what page they're on, please? Page 14. Thank you. Paula, go right ahead. This would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. For a moment, I was alarmed. Now, Bill had a pretty rough ride in his life at this point, and this is what alarmed him. And it alarmed him so that he called his friend the doctor, and I love that, that how he puts that together, my friend the doctor, both of that, to ask if I was still sane. He listened in wonder as I talked. I mean, Bill talked many times, but look at the words he used. He listened in wonder as I talked. Finally, he shook his head saying, something has happened to you. I don't understand. How could he possibly understand what happened in that room and in Bill's heart and his mind? This was, as it was says, a revolutionary change. But look at what we end with. And I'm going to scoot on down. He knows that they are real. How do we know that it is real? By our words? Oh, we listened to the words. And even the words stopped him in his track. But what he did with the words in his life, he saw the transformation. It was visible. Everything changed. Not something. Well, he walked a little different. Oh, we talked a little different. No, he lived a lot different. He lived the life of transformation. He knows 
that they are real because they are. Thank you for allowing me to share with that. I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Lois? Lois? Thank you. This is Lois from Massachusetts, Recovered. Uh, good morning. Um, these were revolutionary and drastic ideas indeed. Well, for me, you know, my life in, 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 in disease was revolutionary and drastic. And that's exactly what it took. My life was spent in disease, fighting the food, not picking up, picking up, saying I'm not going to pick up, what can I pick up. Day after day, I was tortured by not picking up, trying not to pick up, and then picking up, and then beating myself up. And then one day, you know, I kept trying, trying, asking God to um, relieve me of this, to, to help me to abstain from compulsive overeating. And, and I was trying to practice the steps, always, not always, but during this period I'm describing. And, and I, of course, I was still into the food, you know, but I was trying to practice the steps, but my obsession was not picking up or picking up. So I know that my mind couldn't work on two tracks at the same time. I know that now. But anyway, one day I was desperate and I was crying out to God and, and I, was, I just couldn't do this anymore, which I had said many times, but something happened this time. Maybe I had surrendered and, and maybe I had surrendered on a different level. And it was, it was it really, you know, I don't know how to describe it, of course, but it, it, when, in that phrase there where it says it was like a fresh breeze, for, for a brief moment, I, I felt a shift. I remember somewhere in the book it says something like a slim reed. And I felt like something like a slim reed had passed through me. It wasn't a wind. It was a slim reed. But I knew, I had a sense of hope, and I, I had a shift in my in my mind somewhere, that something had changed. And from that day on, I had been given a gift of um, grace that allowed me to pr- put the, keep the food down and continue working these steps. I, I, I didn't completely stay re- get recovered from that, that, that point, but it was a shift, and it, I felt that. And it was enough to help me to you know, practice this program in as much as I could, and it was after that that I, I was able to stay abstinent, work the steps, and, and become recovered through the grace of God. So if you're new and if you're coming back, you know, please, you know, don't give up. Just keep coming, asking for God, and this too could happen to you. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lois. Leah, and then Larry. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for your service. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I wanted to focus on this statement here, the good doctor now sees many men who have such experiences. You know, Bill had a very uh, unusual experience there. He had a white flash experience, a uh, sudden and spectacular upheaval. He had a spiritual experience. Um, And, you know, luckily he was dealing with a good doctor, our medical saint, Dr. William Silkworth, who, you know, um, encouraged Bill to uh, keep what he got, you know, to, um, to appreciate the experience that he had. 
Uh, however, you know, in writing this text, Bill did, uh, and the others did add that spiritual experience, the appendix in the back, reassuring the readers that they did not want to leave the impression that this sudden and spectacular upheaval is is common because it's it's not <laughs> most of us um have these kind of experiences that we call a spiritual awakening which is a slower um awakening of the spirit that's developed over a period of time but either way either one experiences a spiritual experience which is sudden or a spiritual awakening, which is more gradual, uh, the result is the same. It's a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism for Bill and from compulsive overeating for you and I. And that is the jackpot of these steps. That is the jackpot of having implemented these steps. Step one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, continuing to live in 10 and 11, is that it's a personality change, the ability of a person to do and to feel and to believe things that they were unable to do and to feel and to believe before. It is a change, a remarkable change in, in attitude and outlook. You know, when I came here, my mind was filled with resentments, filled with fear, filled with guilt, filled with remorse, very selfish, very self-centered, very frightened human being. And because of those conditions, that always led me back to digging my fists into the bags and boxes. Now, if I could change from that state of mind to something entirely different, that's what we call a personality change, a spiritual awakening. And after you've had a spiritual awakening, you'll be able to do things you could never do before. You'll be able to live and get along with your fellow human beings. You'll be able to deal with them openly and honestly. I was able to ha establish new relationships without resentment, without fear, without guilt, without remorse, and I'll be able to live with serenity and peace of mind instead of restlessness, irritability, and discontentment. And as a result of the 12 steps and the love of God, I'm able to stay abstinent, right? The obsession of the mind, the greater aspect of my disease has been driven out. That is what a spiritual awakening is all about. And that's the message that we get to bring to other compulsive overeaters, that we've had a spiritual awakening as the result of the 12 steps. That's the message we carry. This is not about just accumulating knowledge that leads to having a great warehouse of information in my mind. This is about an experience. This is about performing these actions in the book that give me an experience that leads me to a transformation. This is an awakened spirit that I get through the 12 steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Larry? Thanks so much. I'm Larry, a recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Yeah, this, this, is, um, this is why I'm here. I mean, my goodness, I want to hang on to what, what I've been given. What, what have I been given? God consciousness. That makes a lot of sense to me today. It sure in the heck didn't make a lot of sense to me for 
while I got this sudden experience. Yeah, sudden. You know, I was an overnight success. Five years. <laughs> you know, that was my sudden experience. In other words, my experience was of the educational variety. Um, I changed, not overnight. Now, seemingly to someone who, who perhaps sees me today that knows me pretty well, might say, wow, and people do. Wow, there's something, something's changing you. Kind of like Dr. Silkworth, something's changed. No, no question. No question something's changed in me. The least of it is that I don't, I don't dig, you know, dig my, my grave with a spoon and a fork. No, no doubt. That I stopped doing that. And I have no, <laughs> one, of the, one of the bigger miracles is that I, I don't have any desire to do that anymore. The obsession's been removed. Okay, that, that's great. But that's the least of it for me today. The most of it for me today is this God consciousness. I can't define it for you. I can only share with you my experience. This God consciousness is an awareness, an awakening. Like I woke up from that walking zombie, you know, the, you know the one that the, you know, the cravings just have a hold, hold on you. You're, you're a prisoner. I was a prisoner. Yeah, I went to work, I, I, I was a father, I was, I was doing all the things, but I was a walking zombie from one food fog kind of existence to the next with remorse, frustration, irritability that I would unleash on you and others, no question, because I couldn't stand being who I was and I wanted desperately to change. And then this awakening happened you know, of the educational variety. And so that's what, you know, when I read this, and, and um, he says, for a moment I was alarmed to call my friend the doctor. I was saying, he listened in wonder, wonder. You know, wonder is, is amazement, a feeling of surprise mingled with admiration, you know, caused by something beautiful, unexpected, unfamiliar, or inexplicable. I didn't expect this to happen to me. I hoped. I, I saw it in others. I might be like you. You know, I, I hoped. I, but, you know, deep down in my innermost self, there was hope, but I was unsure. I was uncertain that this would ever happen for me. I, I felt like maybe food would be my master for, till the end, and I would just make the best of it. And by working the steps, can't explain it, can't explain why it works. I don't care why it works. It just did. I trusted in the process at some point. I had to trust in the process and quit analyzing it, but my brain wanted to analyze it and, and, and connect the dots and, and, and look at all the things that happened to me and the victimization and all this other nonsense, and I quit debating and I quit analyzing, and I just trusted in the process. And what I would say to you today is I got out of God's way. I was, I, was, I was making a mess of my life. And, and, uh, and so, yes, wonder, amazement, beauty, unexpected, unfamiliar. Yeah, it was unfamiliar. To this day, it's unfamiliar. But I'll tell you this. I better hold on to what I have. It's why I'm here. You won't be coming to my graduation. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry. Would anyone else like to share on these two paragraphs? Well, this is Rebecca, and I would like to share. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and grateful to be here this morning with everyone on the line. And I'm looking at that portion of the passage that we read that says um, that Bill C. 
called his friend, the doctor, to ask if he was still sane, if I were still sane. And the thing is, Bill wasn't sane when he called the doctor. You know, prior prior to this, he hadn't been sane. He was seeing the doctor was a psychiatrist. He was being treated in the past in a psychiatric ward. And um, he wasn't sane. Um, so I just find that interesting that he's asking his psychiatrist for a reality check as to whether or not he is still sane. And um, it reminds me of myself and how I thought I was sane. I thought um, everybody else might have been crazy, but I was sane. And um, that reminds me of on the prior page where it says um, common sense would thus become uncommon sense. I was all turned around and thought that I was the sane one and that I had common sense when, in fact, my life was lunacy. And I didn't even know it because uh, denial is part of my disease. And I come here every day for a dose of reality and uh, to remember that I used to be insane and that God has lifted that from me just like he did from Bill. And um, that if I just keep coming, I can live a sane and useful and happy life. With that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to share before we move on? Okay, then the next reader can read to the next paragraph, and that would be Lisa P. Hi, this is Lisa from Colorado. I'm a compulsive overeater. While I lay in the hospital, the thought came that there were thousands of hopeless alcoholics who might be glad to have what had been so freely given me. Perhaps I could help some of them. They, in turn, might work with others. And when I was going through this with my uh, Big Book Steps A sponsor, we wrote in here the essence of the 12 steps. And then the next paragraph is kind of about step 12, helping others. So when I think about my experience having gone through the steps and then the freedom, the freedom, the absolute freedom of going through and seeing my part in things and seeing the core patterns and beliefs that brought me to where I was, wow, it's amazing that there's actually help out there that there is a there is a solution and to to be glad to have what had been so freely given me and then to be able to sponsor others is just an amazing experience to be able to see what they bring to the table because it's like a huge pie we're all bringing our experience strength and hope to the table and then we can all disperse it to each other and that's what we're doing on this line Perhaps I could help some of them. And, I, and I've thought through my life and I've, as I've done the step work and the fear and resentment turnarounds and looking at all the illness, all the disease, and, and being able to use that and mind that to help others. That's what this is all about. This is where true happiness and joy comes from having looked at my core patterns and, and beliefs and to see other people that are able to look at their own own self and to be able to sponsor them and help them and to carry the message and to say, wow, 
this really works for other people too. It's not I'm just not an anomaly or other people aren't an anomaly. There's just there really is a solution. God really is doing for me what I could not do for myself. So I just feel like shouting it from the rooftop, you know, there is a solution, this works. And getting a big megaphone. I think the a homeowners association would have a problem with that. But I'm really grateful to be on the line and to be hearing it here and being able to be part of this wonderful, wonderful program. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lisa. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Katie G. from Boston. Go ahead, Katie. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G. recovered from Boston, Massachusetts. And uh, thank God, you know, I'm abstinent and I'm sober today because of God's loving grace. And um, <clears throat> I am at my core selfish, dishonest, self-centered, and fearful. And those manifestations of self um, drove me to eat. You know, food wasn't my problem. It was the only solution I ever knew. And I am alive today because of page 14 and this thought that there are hopeless alcoholics who might be glad to have what had been so freely given to me. When I think about the hours I've been in this program for over nine years, um, and I haven't been abstinent that whole time, and I haven't done the steps that whole time, been recovered that whole time, when I think of the hours and the number of people who have listened to me freely, who have you know shared what their experience has been and what has helped them, I I am speechless. Well, not really, because I'm talking, but I am technically speechless, you know. And um, and the fact that you know when I started to see the shift, because I really appreciated the previous speaker talking about the difference between a spiritual experience and a spiritual awakening because my connection with God has definitely been of the educational variety. Certainly when I clear myself, you know, when I did my inventory in steps four and five, you know, I was finally able to really experience God closer than I ever had. Prior to that, I was completely blocked. And there are days today, you know, that's why I have step 10 and then in the evening step 11, when I do get blocked selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. What a shocker. I'm still an addict. You know, I'm recovered, but I, I, I still have this illness. And um, what I am so grateful for is that I've seen God enter into my heart because all of a sudden I have this capacity to want to help people. I have this capacity, and this is not me. I, like, I remember people's birthdays. I love calling people and wishing them happy birthday. Now, I know that that sounds like really small or whatever, but I, 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 it is a privilege to think about other people. And, and the power, you know, when I go through this work with other women and share, you know, what has been so freely taught to me, I remember the countless hours the woman I um worked with, my butt was on fire when I did steps one through three. We spent a weekend reading through steps one through three in the book together and talking about her, our experiences together. I'll never forget her. And it is a privilege that I get to share this with others. And when I do, I get to see like how far God has carried me. And without that, I'm out there thinking, okay, God, you've totally abandoned me. Where's my stuff? Like life isn't good enough yet. But like, Working with others, I can see, oh, my gosh, I used to think exactly like that. Yeah, absolutely. I still think like that sometimes, you know. And um, 
it has allowed me to settle in, you know, allowed me to be one among many. And I am just so privileged that people have given to me and that I in turn not just give to other people because I have to, but because I want to, because I crave it. Like I, I tell newcomers, don't ever not call me because you think you're going to bother me. You bother me if you, if you don't call me and you need to. It is my privilege. It is my responsibility to pay this program forward every single day. And um, I'm so honored when I can, and I'm so honored that there are people who make it possible through meetings and phone calls and, and this fellowship. I am absolutely alive because of it, and um, I give you my life. Thank God. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Yes, this is Janice. This is Liz from New Hampshire. I heard Janice and Liz. And did I hear Esther by any chance? Okay, I guess that was my imagination. Go ahead, Janice. Yes, good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, everyone. My name is Janice M., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. This this paragraph is so packed because we can see we can see the transformation of Bill, how he's thinking now. And, you know, when we're in disease, when I was in disease, I didn't think of you. I didn't think of anybody else. Well, I thought I did, but I always had a motive. So Bill's, as a result of the 12 steps in a spiritual awakening, he is thinking differently. He's thinking of helping others. He's not thinking of himself. Remember how he got a tan and he wanted to show people how he was and how what he could do, what he could get, what I could get, what I could get, what I could get, not what I could give. I was very used to, you know, um, living of what you can give to me, not what I can give to you. So you see, he knew this was a, 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 a awesome gift that he received from a higher power, and therefore. I know that I cannot keep this gift. I can't keep it because it just will go, it, it, it won't last. I was given this gift by the grace of God for me to pass it on. That's the purpose. Not for me just to hold it tight, you know, um, so we can see Bill going from a self-centered person, as mentioned, a God-conscious person, but becoming selfless self-sacrificing yes uh, but it is a joy as was mentioned it's the joy of living to pass this on and with that i pass thanks thank you janice liz excuse me <clears throat> yes this is liz in new hampshire um this takes me back to the an article i read when i first came into oa and it was gosh 23 years ago and it was an anonymous article about OA, and it was someone who was obviously giving service, and uh, that article got me into the rooms, and um, that's the first thing that I think about when I read this. And um, and the other thing that um, that I have to have to mention is a person who, at every single meeting in, in the program that I was recently in, every single meeting announced Vision for You meetings. And that announcement got me into Vision for You and listening about a year ago and now working with a sponsor and in the midst of my fourth step and beginning to feel the higher power in my life. And even as I am working halfway through my fourth step, beginning to feel the resentments lift even as I 
have not even completed it. And I am so excited now, when, as I read this, to really believe that I'm going to get to that point where not only um, is the mental obsession lifted, but that I will be living an entirely different life that is guided by my higher power, that I will be thinking of others before myself, that I will be um, living a spirit, spiritually-based life. And I read this paragraph and I think how grateful I am that, uh, you know, Bill was laying in his hospital bed and the thought came to him that he must carry the message because if that article hadn't been written, I wouldn't have come into OA 25 years ago. And if this wonderful person hadn't been announcing at every single meeting that she attended that there was this group studying the big book paragraph by paragraph every morning at 7 o'clock, I wouldn't have found a vision for you. I wouldn't now be doing my fourth step by the book. Um, I wouldn't be. And I wouldn't be in the process of having my life saved. I'm not saving it. My higher power is saving it. And for that, I'm very grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Hi, this is Kathy in Boston. May I share? Sure, Kathy. Go ahead. Thank you, Rebecca, for your service, and thanks to everybody on the line today. I'm Kathy, a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm grateful to be here. And um, what came to my mind as I read this and listened to everybody share is how often a phone call from a sponsee or a newcomer or another person on this path, um, to me, um, always lifts my spirit. I've had many experiences where uh, I've had something happen in a day and um, in spite of doing a tenth step, I still carry feelings of fear or resentment. They don't necessarily dissipate through my actions of uh, doing a turnaround and surrendering it to God, but it's connection with another compulsive overeater um, that gives me the joy back. Um, I can see that uh, every time I reach out and do service, it really is supporting my own recovery. And um, when days go by uh, and I don't actively support others, um, I begin to become selfish again or fearful again. Um, so it really is an antidote um, to that part of me that's human and vulnerable and um, not yet uh, completely recovered in the sense of I will always face emotional challenges that I need God to help me with. Um, so I'm very grateful that we understand and we live by uh, step, um, step 12 in particular uh, and how important that is. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy. Hi, I'd like to share with Julie. Go ahead, Julie. Hi, I'm Julie, a recovered compulsive overeater. And um, this is such an important paragraph, just like all the other ones. But it's about how we we share. It's how we can bring other people 
what we've been freely given. My sponsor, the people that I talk to on a daily basis, the newcomers, I mean, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be at this meeting. I wouldn't have come to know my God if somebody hadn't reached out to me when I was suffering, when I was back in the food and back in the unmanageability. You know, Dr. Bob says you can boil this program down to two words, love of free, love and service. Um, that's what we're supposed to We have a right. We have a responsibility. It's not, oh, do I want to sponsor? Do I want to help another? That's what we have to do if we want to stay recovered. And then also it's about being selfless. And it's just such a simple paragraph. Um, While I lay in the hospital, the thought came that there were thousands of hopeless alcoholics. How many compulsive overeaters do we know that are out here that are in meetings and they're not hearing the, the, the twofold illness? They're not hearing the program of recovery. So, you know, I have an obligation to go and to be of service. So I just want to say thank you because this meeting is a service and um, I'm glad that I'm, I get to call in and listen to it every morning. Pass. Thank you, Julie. Hi, this is Nicole Commissioner. Sure, Nicole, go ahead. Hi, my name's Nicole. I'm the compulsive reader from Colorado. And this paragraph um, just kind of brought up to me just the absolute, you know, importance of of taking the message and sharing recovery. And how he said there's, he thought there's, you know, so many hopeless alcoholics who might be glad to have what had been so freely given to him. And this has been, you know, freely given to me, and it is my responsibility to to share, and to share with those who who are hopeless. Many people don't don't know that there is a solution out there, and um, you know, when I think of how I was at that state of of being absolutely hopeless and um, help destroying that helpless feeling, and the countless people who shared with me and who shared the message with me and it is my responsibility to share that with them also and it always amazes me when I share also and when I work on that 12 step that how it gets me out of myself which is the core of my problem is being selfish and self-centered and just yesterday I was just feeling uh, grumpy and, um, and angry about something and um, called someone in program and just thought, well, I can I can share how I'm feeling now. And the call ended up being um, more about, uh, you know, helping the other person. And when I got done, I just immediately felt the sense of, of you know, not I wasn't angry anymore. I thought, wow, you know, this is not about me. I have to get out of myself and I have to do everything possible to get out of myself. And I try to remember every morning, um, how it says on, uh, you know, in, in pages 83 to 88, that um, we should never, never pray for our own selfish ends. And I always remember to pray that, you know, God will make me the best that I can be in order so that I can be the best for others and to give to others. And um, I really disappreciate this this big book and how it emphasizes that it's so necessary that we share this message because I know for me that is the thing that gets me out of myself and out of my core issues. 
And with that, I pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you. This is Sharon. May I share? Sure, Sharon. Go right ahead. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you for your service, and welcome to all of you out on the line. And uh, I just wanted to, again, say the, there were thousands of hopeless alcoholics who might be glad to have what had been so freely given to me. Perhaps I could help some of them. They, in turn, might work with others. And um, I, I heard so often in my years in another program about, you know, we give freely to others what's freely been given to us, but first we must do these steps. We must clean our own house and get right with our own relationship with uh, our higher power, God, and uh, then wonderful things begin to happen. And But I had struggled for so many years in this program that I never, um, I just never felt that I could give to someone else because I was so afraid, well, I'm going to slip and, and, you know, then it's going to be, I'm a failure again, and on and on it went. But then I started listening to this meeting. It was July 2012. I'll never forget that because this was one of those uh, spiritual educational awakenings, and they were doing the um, doctor's opinion, and I had never heard that applied in the OA programs in all the years I was there, and, um, you know, God just used that to shine the light into my heart and my mind that this was a twofold illness and the obsession of the mind and the physical allergy of the body. And that was begin the beginning of a whole new way of life for me regarding this. And I'm so grateful that um, I, as a result of that, I have gone through the process of doing the steps 4 through 9 and, and now am living in steps 10, 11, and 12 and uh, available to help others. And I was having kind of a low day on Saturday based on some things within my family and I called a person who had called me the day before. And I'll tell you what, after sharing with her, my, my, um, my heart was just lifted so much. And I am so grateful to be now giving freely to some of these people on the line what's been freely given to me. And it does multiply because then we all go through this process and then we are available, kind of like a uh, search and rescue mission. And there's so many people out there hurting just like I was. And God uses us to be there, you know, be there for them and guide them through this process that we were guided through. And um, that is the beginning of this program working over and over again in the lives and the hearts of so many. And with that, I pass, and I'm so grateful to be a part of this program. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Sharon. Well, we're just almost to 7.55 on the east. Yeah, 7.55 it is. So it's time to close our meeting. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Judy B. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Uh, good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, everyone. This is Judy B., grateful, compulsive overeater, and thank you for your service. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day 
for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.